Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Dancing to the music. All right. It is the ABC podcast here at acmepackingcompany.com, part of SB Nation, talking Green Bay Packers all season long now, 42 to 21. The Green Bay Packers over the Detroit Lions. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Follow the show at the APC pod and uh, joining me in Brooklyn, New York. It's Alex Patakis. How are you, man? I'm doing quite well. How are you? Oh, I'm. Uh, it's a mixed bag. Uh, happy about the Packers, obviously. But uh, as I was texting you about just before game time, we had discovered anyone who follows me on Instagram, and I know some of you do, you've seen all the pond content that we've posted. Uh, we had a nice backyard man-made pond. We had some, some koi, some goldfish, some plants. It was really nice. So just before kickoff, I discovered that a raccoon or a family of raccoons or something got into our pond and killed nine of the 10 fish, nine of, well, actually they killed eight of the 10 and then they came back the next day and, and got one more just for good measure. But it was this gruesome sort of like TV forensic files kind of scene where I saw like some guts and some scales on the concrete and I was like, what's going on here? And then I saw a bloated, beheaded fish in the yard, one of my favorite fish. And uh, so that was like literally five minutes before kickoff and we had to go through this rigmarole of draining the pond and cleaning it and saying our goodbyes. And so I was like in and out of the, the couch slash backyard going back and forth, like in the first quarter, um, didn't miss any of the action, but was, uh, you know, my mind was in multiple places <laughs> at that point. Wow. <sighs> what a thing to have to deal with and disrespectful of them to, to do that on game day as well. Yeah. Uh, these raccoons or whatever it was, yeah. well, sorry about your fish, yeah, but they don't care about timing that, uh, if there's a bright spot, it has to be that that soon won't be your yard or your pond, right? Yeah. I see you drinking a beer there, so I waited till we started <laughs> to crack this, raising a beer to you, sir. Salute. Thank uh, you. Soon to be homeowner yeah, we, and uh, APC podcast <laughs> uh, host, producer, everything. I'll, Congratulations to you. Thank you. Soon, soon we'll, I'll own my own podcast production studio slash home office. Well, we, we had an offer accepted. Um, we haven't closed on it, and everyone tells me that you should wait to celebrate until then, but uh, everything's going swimmingly and stressfully, and it is a super exciting and terrifying time, but thanks. I appreciate that. I'm actually not drinking beer. I'm a LaCroix Broy today. This is a Pamplemousse flavor. Uh, I was going to go with one, and then I figured 
you might be drinking a beer. And then I was like, well, I want to have a beer with him. Since <laughs> who knows when I'll ever do that in person again. Uh, it's, um, between uh, all the stuff you have to do to go through the home buying purchase. And I just started a new job and there's this podcast like the past couple of days have just been super, super stressful. So I would normally be drinking a beer right now and I would join you, but I'm trying to uh, stay clear headed, trying to sleep well, I gotcha. failing at sleeping well. But um, let's move on and talk football, though. Thank you. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the celebration. Um, the, the Packers um, keeping up some record-setting momentum here with a 42-21 to 21 throttling of the Detroit Lions. Is this real life? Can they keep it up? Will they run away with the division? Fun topics to talk about here in the early days of the 2020 season. Let's talk about it. Um, but first, let's do some some notable nuggets, some hashtag note nugs, and you can tweet at us at the APC pod after every game. Let us know your notable nugget, your bite-sized little chewable nugget that you took away from the game. I am going to start, and why not? Big f***ing Bob. <laughs> Let's celebrate with my favorite drop. Uh, I, as soon as Bob Tanyan scored a touchdown, I love that I get a torrent of messages uh, on on Twitter and, and some texts like sell, like they're happy for me. People are happy for me that I am getting to be happy that, uh, Tanya is doing well. So that, uh, is very fun, but yeah, big F and Bob, um, the quarterback talked a bit in his post game presser about the touchdown play and how he noticed sort of right away that Tanya had a great release off the line and kind of just knew where he was going to be. He also complimented Tanya as like a heady, smart player and, and talked for a bit about just having confidence in him and knowing where he's going to be on the field. And that's exciting to me, not just because of my weird, strange love affair with the tight end position, but also because when the quarterback starts talking like that, um, it conjures up thoughts of Jordy and Adams and just, you know, players that he's had a real connection with. So I'm pumped. I'm happy for Tanyan. I'm excited to see him hopefully take another step forward this year. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited for you. Congratulations, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, on that on that big Bob touchdown. Um, I am one of those people who who will text you immediately, although uh, I didn't want to like spoil anything. I think we were off by maybe like five to ten seconds yeah. on our respective streams this week. So uh, I had to play it cool, but appreciate that. That got me pretty pumped up. Um you know, I, I don't want um Jay Sternberger to not be good. You know, like I, I really want him to succeed, but I have to admit, uh, like watching him just continue to have uh, some some bad drops and watching Tanyan kind of thrive. Uh, although I think like most of the team is of the case of the drops to to a degree. Tanyan had a drop um, in the game. Yeah, he had a drop in the game as well. Although, you know, when you make up for it with that touchdown, like it feels like there's a bit of separation happening now in the tight end group, which I do like. Um and again, it's not that I'm rooting for Sternberger to fail. I, I would love for him to be good. I don't like wasting draft capital. I also, you know, I, I, there's plenty of room for all these guys to be good on the team. But it seems to me Mercedes Lewis has kind of this clear-cut role um, that's basically similar to what he had last year. And Tanyan so far is, as far as I'm concerned, like going to have to play the Jimmy Graham role this year, yeah. which is exciting. And then wherever Sternberger uh, fits into that um, – so be it. But yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, I'm pumped for your boy. Pumped that I think we, you know, 
maybe 120 seconds into this podcast, got the drop in. Um, <laughs> <Get it out laughs> that's pretty cool too. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thankful that you're happy for me that I get to be happy for Bob Tanya, but you mentioned Jimmy Graham. <laughs> and um, before I move on to note, your note, Nug, I, I did want to mention, I heard on, uh, I heard Tom Silverstein on their pod um, talking about how he kind of thought that, you know, Jimmy Graham leaving the team has been great for Aaron Rodgers because maybe Rodgers, in a way, had to kind of force the ball or felt compelled to get Jimmy the ball um, over his time in Green Bay. They they had a great relationship. Uh, Jimmy Graham is a smart player. Um, as to hear Rodgers say, you know, they see it in practice, quote unquote, meaning like they know that he can do it. So they would always be force feeding him and it didn't always go well. And now that they don't, have to do that and can rely on some some other players and mix it up and and of course the offense taking another step forward maybe they're just um yeah i mean to me it goes without saying that they're they're better off uh without jimmy graham but it was interesting to hear tom talk about that as well yeah i I would say like team-wide offensively um and maybe this is just like what you know their respective salaries of, of the pass catching options on this team are because uh, because they don't spend on on them like we kind of wish they would, um, there really isn't a need to force feed anybody. It, it, save for Devontae Adams, who will still get a ton of targets when healthy, but yeah. I still don't think you could count that as force feeding. It's just like literally what his talent sort of demands. Yep. I don't think that was the case with Jimmy Graham. You know, I think it was like, okay, what he did during the week in practice and then also kind of like the price tag he's carrying, yeah. uh, I think dictates some of that. Not that Rodgers thinks that way when he's dropping back to pass, Certainly. but still you want right. that guy to have a role. Um, whereas now it's like everyone coming into this year was so equally meh that it's almost like benefit. <laughs> it's like we could spread the ball to any of these meh guys because yeah. there's only one guy who's like an <laughs> alpha dog in the whole group. But maybe collectively being meh is somehow now working on their favor because they've looked freaking unstoppable um <laughs> spread the man making us all kind of eat our words right <laughs> i mean it's yeah uh i mean either they're like these guys are way more talented than we think or matt lafleur is already an early candidate for coach of the year yeah right i mean it's like one of those two options yeah. so all right um, alex notable nugget give me your note nug man you know okay so i feel bad now i kind of prematurely celebrated uh your your uh closing on the house <laughs> that didn't happen yet so maybe i could take that back and rededicate this weird sour beer that is nowhere near as good as I thought it would be <laughs> um, to my note nug, the graduation of one Shandon Sullivan. Hey. I would like to congratulate him for officially becoming the latest graduate of the APC podcast Guy Academy. <laughs> he is no longer just a guy. He's still a guy, but he is no longer guy eligible. He is uh, a, he is now hanging player. up uh, on the rafters in the Guy Academy gym uh, as a perfect example of how to be a guy and graduate from guy status. Uh, I saw somebody tweet at uh, at the APC pod on Twitter with their note nug that both he and I, I believe uh, they also re- referenced Rashawn Gary, uh, who, again, draft position. I don't know that he's guy eligible, but they're not guys anymore. They're dudes. Yep. Um, if we're going with that, then dude has to be the next step on the way to player. Yeah. Um, because you know, when you, when somebody's a play, like that guy's a player, yeah. uh, that's a football player. 
That's like the ultimate compliment. So Shannon Sullivan, no longer a guy, now a dude um, on his way to being a player with that pick six off a horrendous Matthew Stafford throw. Good break on the ball. Um, when you make a play like that, a momentous play in a game that basically turns the game into a blowout, probably would have been one anyway, you, you can't, it can't keep you in the academy anymore. You're, you're, you're first team you level. Graduated. You're no longer part of that. So congratulations to Shandon. Uh, an exciting dude. I wish I had some, uh, some graduation music or some kind of celebratory music on the board. I don't, it's fine. When you said, <laughs> when you said football player. You were like halfway to a John Gruden impression. You were almost to John Gruden. <laughs> that guy's a football player, man. <laughs> I haven't heard him in so long because I just don't watch like Raiders press conferences. Um, and, you know, last night I was watching Monday Night Football and he's not on it, but he was on it. I was just like, wait, what? Um, and so was Jason Witten. Like that happened so fast. Yeah. Like that, that, All the Monday Night Football guys in the booth on the field and new guys in the booth. I actually think Gracie's really good. Um, I think this is the most tolerable Monday Night Football booth we've had in ages, as a totally irrelevant to the Packers aside so far, um, which was kind of nice. Like I actually enjoyed watching a broadcast, although I will say the n- n- numerous references to like the trivia questions just because they opened a new stadium. Like, all right, we, we kind of get it, Levy. But other than that, enjoyed it last night. <laughs> Didn't get to hear Gruden. Um might have been halfway to an impression of him, but I did see he ran Spider Two Y Banana at the goal line for the first <laughs> touchdown in the new stadium for the Raiders. Second touchdown in the stadium, but first for the 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 good guys. That's the stuff. Guys. That's the stuff I love about following football. I'm here for the Spider Two Y Banana. All right, uh, let's move on. But before we do, some listener note nugs again. Tweet at us after every game at the ABC Pod on Twitter. Give us your bite sized nugget coming out of the game. Sam tweets in: Aaron Rodgers is having fun again. Felt like that last year, feels doubly like that this year. Uh, PJ says, Rashawn Gary is nuggable for this game. I love that, nuggable. <laughs> totally, absolutely. Glenn says, big, big day for him. Glenn says, uh, Aaron Jones is uh, going to get all the money. And that is seeming more and more true. We'll see. It remains to be seen what team is going to give him all of the money, but might be the Packers, might not. Uh, Gavin says, who needs a receiving core? And uh, I'm assuming he means, yeah, he's talking about wide receivers, but receiving core in terms of like pass catchers, as we've tried to distinguish on uh, on the show here, the Packers seem to oddly have a glut. And if everyone's going to be meh, at least it's like the best version of meh that you can possibly be. But speaking of meh and question marks, we will move on. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the offensive line. Um to start here, lots of questions at offensive line, obviously heading into the season. Now there's injuries everywhere. Players are shuffling around dogs and cats living together. And Hey, wait a second. The line is actually playing really well. Rogers is clean for the most part. What's going on, Alex? Do you think that uh, we underrated the offensive line depth and their skill, or are they just untested? I'm not there yet on the, the underrating. I mean, um, I think they've been really impressive. What Rogers is, He's been sacked once, right? I believe um, that's right. Yeah, no uh, no giveaways for the offense yet, which also uh, is in large part because of the fact that they uh, the quarterback has not been under much pressure, not that he throws many picks, but fumbles or something that I feel like have become more common uh, when Aaron Rodgers gets hit. But um, it's hard to get overly excited just yet without seeing them play. It's a, they don't have to play like last year's 49ers, right? Like they can't 
they play what's on the schedule, yada, yada, you know. But um, the Lions defensive front seemed really weak, right? Yeah. Um, and, and also uh, hampered by injury. And the same goes for the Vikings. Like this Vikings pass rush, and maybe we'll talk more about the Vikings as a whole a little bit later. Um, but, the, you know, with Daniel Hunter out for that game, they're, they're not what they were. Like that, yeah. that wasn't the Mike Zimmer defense that traditionally gives Aaron Rodgers trouble. Um, and it's because they couldn't generate any pre- pressure either. So, I mean, I think the rights of the injuries and the kind of the – uh, you know, I guess unproven factor to the right side of the offensive line um, is is still a concern to me. And I don't know that you're going to learn that much after the Saints game either. I mean, that defense is super susceptible to allowing large point totals. And we saw the Raiders move the ball really well against them uh, on Monday night um, in, in Vegas. So I would skew more unproven or untested, I guess, um, than than kind of like this great pleasant surprise so far. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you as much as um, you know, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade uh, celebrating the offensive line and and they have played well, Rick Wagner especially, I think has has uh looked surprisingly good, I would say. I'm surprised anyway, but you talked a little bit about it with with Detroit. I mean, they are not a team that's going to try to get after the quarterback. It's almost like that's not it's not like how their defense works. Um, they're, yeah, they're really just about yeah covering your, covering your guy and, uh, you know, relying on the, the secondary and those linebackers. And of course their secondary was uh, obliterated for this game. But, but my point really is that like, they're not going to bring a lot of pressure to the offensive line. So, so maybe the Packers get the benefit, the offensive line gets the benefit of starting the season off, um, with uh, a couple two tree gimmies there in terms of offensive line matchups. Yeah. That's a funny thing to say about the lions, you know, with like supposedly this defensive mastermind and Matt Patricia as their head coach. And like, I mean, if your goal as a defense isn't to get after the quarterback, then if that's not what you do, then what do you do? Yeah. And how do you like live? You know, how do you survive? Uh, and that, I mean, I guess that's a good explanation for why the Detroit Lions <laughs> yeah. haven't really done yeah. a lot of surviving. Are they living? In, Are they surviving? <laughs> in the NFL uh, uh, recently. Um, yeah, funny statement. It's a, it's almost like Patricia um, might have been, you know, the benefactor of being uh, a coach under Bill Belichick. Pretty pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked a, a bit about that uh, last week on our, our preview show with with Jeremy Reisman, the Detroit fan base by and large, and rightfully so, not so happy with their um, with their former Patriots staffer in in head coach. Um, let's talk about the Packers offense here uh, as we move on. Uh, I want to shout out to last was it last year? No, two years ago, uh, a a former APC podcast listener, Pick'em League. Winner Nick Varley. He's emailing us at the APC. Uh, I'm sorry, the APC podcast at gmail.com is where you can email us. And uh, he says, listening to Trent Dilfer talk on Ryan Rosillo's podcast, and he's 100% convinced that LaFleur and Goot drafted Jordan Love in order to piss off Rodgers so he would play better. So far, so good, <laughs> I guess. But will a fired up Rodgers last the whole season? Or is this like when Super Mario gets a star and the magic wears off after a while? Uh, end quote. I wanted to read um, this email to tee up a conversation about if the Packers can keep this up. 
But I also did want to first address the theory that drafting love was nothing more than a ploy to motivate Rodgers, which feels to me, and I could be wrong, but feels like total hogwash. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a weird take from Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think that's the way the NFL works. No. I, and I also just like don't, I think there's other ways if you want to motivate Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he should know that as a former quarterback, but maybe, I don't know. No, no clue. I feel like he should know that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't take a whole lot to piss Aaron Rodgers off. So, um, <laughs> you know, like a first round draft pick seems like almost over the top. Yeah, just you send know? him some junk just mail like, or something. Just misspeak once in an interview and he won't ever forget it. Yeah. Like, believe me, I, I promise you don't need that drastic of a measure. Um, yeah, that's that's hogwash for sure. But kind of funny if it works out that way. <laughs> Uh, Indeed. But what about the second part, though? Can the Packers keep this up? Uh, It's it's interesting because, you know, we just got done talking about Detroit, Um, you know, obliterated secondary, not interested in the pass rush. The Vikings, um, everyone respects their defense, but I feel like they've been sliding and maybe there's some sort of like residual respect there uh, where maybe people should be talking more about their weaknesses. So not to rain on anyone's parade, but maybe the Packers haven't been challenged. I don't know. Where, Where do you fall? Uh, vis-a-vis, can they keep it up? So I I think that it's important to like, okay, so but the first thing I'll say is this. If if the team that performed this way offensively through the first two weeks of the season was quarterbacked by someone who hasn't proven that he can play at this level, you know, for an extended period of time or, you know, for years at a time at an elite level, I think it'd be one thing, right? If this was like a Ryan Fitzpatrick flash in the pan couple of weeks, then certainly I think there's a reason to doubt that they can continue at this clip. But historically, and, and I read uh, Bob McGinn today in The Athletic, and he actually kind of tried to contextualize uh, the Packers' fast start through two games. And um, however you may feel about uh, <laughs> McGinn at this point, like numbers are numbers, right? So th- this is the sixth best start um, an offense has ever had in NFL history through two games and you're like two games, like who cares? But it's important to understand that the only other teams that started this fast through two games pretty much kept that like dominance up. Yeah. Um, so one is last year's Ravens, which I think a lot of people thought right away. They're like, Oh, you know, the NFL is a once there's film out there on Lamar Jackson and this, you know, all this stuff like that's bound to slow down. It, that didn't really happen. Right. Like they were, you know, just a, an incredible offense that had a bad day against the Titans, um, unfortunately, and look like an offense that's going to be rough, you know, really good again this year. Um, the 2011 Patriots are one of the other uh, of the five teams that were better than this, the 2020 Green Bay Packers so far. And, you know, they almost had an undefeated season, save for a cra- crazy upset to the Giants. <laughs> In the Super Bowl. And then the other teams, I think, were like the, the 91 Bills who lost in the Super Bowl because that, that was during their stretch of uh, nonstop Super Bowl losses. Uh, I, imagine what that, I can't believe I still can't <laughs> believe what that fan base has been through. And then uh, like the 98 Niners, who I think lost to the Falcons. Um, and yeah, uh, the other team was like ages ago. Uh, and I forget. But yeah, so so like basically, if you're this good through two weeks, it means something. And if you're just good through two weeks and Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and you're also in an offense that now 
Um, like I'm seeing the film guys come out and talk about how like the Packers are finally running a, an offense, like a 2020s offense. Like they're doing a lot of things right. If anything, I feel more and more, um, you know, after watching two games this season, like the talk about how like the LaFleur offense wasn't even in its like final version at any point last year is true. And you have to take that into account because the more Aaron Rodgers like understands an offense and it's not like he didn't understand it last year, but once he masters it, I think he makes it work for him to levels that, you know, are historic, like his MVP seasons with the McCarthy offense. So I am very encouraged um, by this by this start and and do think that there's a chance that's just how good the offense will be all year. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. I was chatting with someone uh, after the game who was wondering, so are we like really good, actually good or what's the deal here? And, and I said, you know, last year. Uh, we never knew if they were actually good. And that's something that we talked about every week. Like, oh, we don't actually know anything about this team. Are they good? I don't know. Um, and after two games this year, I'm already willing to say that we know that they're at least as good as the best version of last year's team and maybe slash probably better. So that yeah. that to me means they can keep it up. If anything, the question is, with the the perceived step back on defense, can they win as many games? But it's undeniable that the offense is not the offense we saw last year that would still have some of those moments where you're, they just get into these funks in game. Like they'll go up 14 nothing, and then all of a sudden it's a game in the fourth quarter. Right. Like they are sustained success for for the whole game so far against divisional opponents like that, you know, say what you want about what the NFC North could look like this year, but those are historically not easy games for the Packers. So um, you really couldn't have asked for a better start. Yep. uh, I couldn't agree more. And, and sort of on the, on the tails of that, can they keep it up? We'll, we'll hit our, our final note here and just do like a quick look around the division because Alex, the, the bears look better than, expected, I guess, but it also feels like a matter of time before the limitations at QB kind of catch up with them. The Lions hype uh, preseason felt like it feels every year, which is displaced, displaced confidence. And uh, the Vikings were supposed to be vying for the division and they're 0-2 already, a huge deficit uh, in football terms. Are the Packers going to run away with this division? I, I think there's a chance, honestly. Like this year kind of feels like it could shape up that way. You know, if the Bears are the biggest threat, I feel good about that, right? Yep, um, I, I don't think I would have said that about the Vikings, but knowing what we know about the Vikings through two weeks this year, I also think that there there's a good chance that they're going in the other direction. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I texted you on Sunday when we were watching the games and, you know, I had Red Zone on on the, on the a computer, like kind of off to the side and I keep observing the Vikings and it's like, you could see that going south in a hurry. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we're instead of like closer to the Vikings overtaking the Packers, like, you know, for good or whatever, and like kind of putting an end to the Rodgers NFC North dominance. And I understand that, you know, uh, that there's been years here and there where they kind of seem like they could be better, but like finally eclipsing Green Bay, right? there's a chance that we're that's that window is already closed and we're closer to like the end of the Zimmer and cousins era yeah. because like, I don't know. I, I think the question I pose is like, what does their record have to be this year to where you would cons- like s- think that those guys aren't safe 
with the investment they have in them and the amount of years we've kind of been waiting for this and the defenses that they had and still playoff failures, like, dude, they go seven and nine. Like I could perfectly understand if that, if that era of the Vikings is over and that feels like the only team that's close in terms of the state of the franchise, um, to where the Packers have been. I would say there's still a little bit of, um, a little bit of a hot seat, even if they're at like nine and seven, that's still underperforming for expectations and, and what they're paying certain people. Yeah. And, and I think like parts of their defense have gotten worse. They've spent big money. Like they're taking swings. Like the, uh, you know, the acquisition of Ngakwe, I think is like, is, is proof enough that they're like, we have to swing for the fences right now. Um, because, you know, slowly but surely, like these guys who they drafted and developed and like were entering their primes are like all of a sudden starting to give you less of an output right. on the field. And all of a sudden they get more expensive and it's like, well, we can't hang on to them. So, and you know, Stefan Diggs is gone now and it's like, well, we have, you know, we invested in these other receivers who so far haven't really proven to be much. So, um, and I, I think we know, I mean, like I hate to just rely so much on on the past, but like the Lions are the Lions. Yeah. Like they are inevitably without fail going to Lion. <laughs> and it's lion. just how it goes. Like you even felt that when they took the lead against the Packers. You're like, this game, it, not only is it not over, I could still see the Packers dominating this game. And they did. Yeah. Based on what and we've if, seen so it, far two years out of the Matt Patricia Lions, I feel it's very unlikely that they'll suddenly like the – switch will flip and they'll be great. I guess it, it, in short, the Packers feel like a team that could go 13 and three, 12 and four again, like this year. Yep. I think it's really generous to think the next best record in that division is going to be anything better than like nine and seven, 10 and six. Yeah. So I don't know if that you consider that a runaway, but I, I feel like the division crown is the Packers to lose. And I understand it's really early, but I, I've seen nothing to to suggest different. Yeah, um, I would agree. It's a little bit. It is a little bit premature, but so far, I guess I'll I'll say one more thing, <clears throat> and that is, you know, we talked before the season started about how these first couple weeks of the season might be really messy. Slash, we might not actually be able to take anything away from them league wide. So far, it's seeming like maybe that is not totally true. Um, so, but but. We'll see. You know, it's it's one of those things, like you said, it's early. We'll know in, in three to four weeks, I think, a lot more about who all these teams are. But so far, I, I tend to agree that um, the Packers are the favorites. Yeah. And they're 2-0 in the division, right? Yep. You get six chances. So if they're not dropping division games, that that means even more than than – you know, if they were to beat up on like these non-division or, you know, cross-conference opponents yep. in the first couple of weeks. Yep. Totally agree. All right. Well, let's see if they can uh, keep it up. We think they can. And we're going to hit the polka and just dance in our optimism, revel in our optimism. That is going to do it uh, for us here until Thursday night. Please consider giving us a rating in Apple Podcasts. Positive rating makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. If Patreon is your thing, patreon.com slash notenugs, N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S patreon.com slash note nugs um, and as i just mentioned we will be back in a couple days with special guest jonathan dixon to preview week three against the new orleans saints that's gonna be a lot of fun so until then go pack go keep your stick on the ice drink it down, drink it down.